It's another Live at Five Sports. Bill Pinch hitting for Todd today. It's brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. We're joined weekdays at this time with Jim Suhan of the Star Tribune and Talk North uh, podcast. And Jim, I think we were both pretty optimistic uh, yesterday that uh, the Gopher women were at least going to make it to the second round. But boy, uh, things didn't work out. No, that was brutal. Uh, The Gophers had been playing much better of late. They'd really gotten their offense going. They had beaten Penn State twice before. Penn State had lost six straight games by an average of about 20 points. Uh, Everything pointed to the Gophers playing at home, winning that game, and they came out and they could not solve a full-court press. Uh, 22 turnovers, a lot of them of the worst variety, which is giving the ball to the opponent, let them have a layup. Took a long time to get into their offense. Uh, made a nice comeback, uh, but then they gave up the key play of the game. They gave up an inbounds layup uh, under their own basket that really sealed the deal. And that, you know, you, you just this team should not have had that much trouble with the press. They should not give, have given a free layup on an inbounds play uh, after fighting back that hard. That was a really disappointing loss. And, and this, <clears throat> disappointing because of the opponent, and disappointing because of the way it happened. They just they have to be better than that. Yeah. Uh, can you explain then when you get that far behind and you're turning it over, what did they do right then? Did, they, did Penn State quit pressing them or did they just figure it out finally? No, they got better. I mean, you know, a good team should not have that much. Most of the time when you see a full court press employed, unless you just have a great defensive team with incredible athletes, you're, you're kind of trying to trick the other team for a possession or two, you know, take them out of their offense, slow them getting into their offense. It shouldn't just destroy you the way that the Penn State press did at the beginning of the game. And Gophers finally started figuring it out and figuring out where the soft spots were. Uh, but even then, I didn't think they attacked it as well as they should have. You should be getting, you know, a good team with good guards should get layups and open three-pointers against a press. Uh, and they, they, you know, they got behind by 18 early, and that was the game. Maybe a bright spot. I'll get your opinion on it. When you got two freshmen, though, that lead the way, and they're both Minnesota girls, is that would you look at that as a bright spot for the Gophers? Yeah, um, Marbron is a good player, and she should be. She should develop into a, a really top of the Big Ten type player. Battle is a really good, strong point guard. Um, but again, they should have. You know, at this point in March even as freshmen, after having seen everything they've seen all year, they should have been better against the press. Uh, they're good players. They scored. Um, I'd also like to see Braun become more efficient with her shooting. She you know, got off to a slow start, then she really was a key to the, the comeback. But I just think she can be a great player, and, and you know, this is going to be a key summer for her development. And the goal for men uh, in the throes of a long losing streak, uh, play Rutgers tonight at home. I imagine there'll be a few good seats available at the barn. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a really difficult year, uh, disappointing year for both programs, men's and women. They have not drawn to Williams Arena. Williams doesn't have the charm it once did. Uh, you know, it's still a cool place when it's full and rocking, but it feels really kind of old and tired when you, you can't get many people in there. And uh, so now, you know, Ben Johnson's got to figure out what do you do now that Evans is decommitted. Can you find another big man? Can you develop Farrell Payne into, you know, a, a force on the inside? Uh, can you have better health, health, health luck this summer and get maybe Fox and Enan back? But, you know, I'm not going to pretend they're, they're in good, a good position. They're not. That Evans' decommitment is brutal for this program. 
Well, the Wild, they're on a pretty good stretch right now. They're on the road in uh, Vancouver tonight, and there had been some talk of maybe them making a trade with Vancouver. They have been pretty busy here uh, trying to strengthen their team. You know, you got to give it to Bill Guerin. He's not afraid to make some moves. And he's pretty savvy about it, too. And a lot of his moves don't look that spectacular when he makes them, and then he realized later that he found something that really fits. Johansson's going to be on the second line with Erickson Eck. Maybe he can help Eck get get back to being productive. Um, you know, Nyquist, we don't know when he's going to be healthy, but he could be a help down the stretch or in the playoffs. And they just need a little more skill. They're playing really well defensively. They're getting really good goaltending. They're on a hot streak here. But it's also a hot streak in which they haven't scored many goals. So they do need to upgrade there because, let's face it, modern hockey, you got to score goals, even in the playoffs. It's not just a defensive slugfest the way it used to be. You're going to have, you're going to, have to put the puck in the net, and they have not been that good at that this year. Well, the Timberwolves, an extended stay in L.A. Normally we say sunny L.A., but (laughs) it sounds like they've even had some grapple or some people said it was uh, corn snow or whatever at uh, Disneyland. And and so I'm guessing it hasn't been that great at the beach for the Wolves here the last few days. Probably not. And uh, where they are in their season and with the importance of these games, I hope they're not laying around the beach. You know, not, not not that players can't have their own free time and everything else, but uh, you know they're still they're still trying to figure out how to play with Conley. They're still trying to get Cat back on his feet, um, and they you know they they played a, a good game against the Clippers the other night and won. And tonight they get to play the Lakers without LeBron James. Frankly, this should be a win. And if they win, they're they're still slugging it out for one of those better seats. The NFL Combine continues. I didn't get a chance to see. That uh, was the press conference yesterday where uh, Coach uh, uh, had a has a few comments, or is that coming up today? Uh, no, Quezzy uh, and O'Connell have both spoken already. Quezzy uh, gave some hints about where he's going with the roster. Doesn't sound like he's interested in bringing Dalvin Cook back, at least not at a high salary. Sounds like he definitely wants Dalvin Tomlinson back. He definitely wants to sign Jefferson to a long-term deal. Uh, we've got to wait and see what's going to happen with Cousins, whether there's a good deal for both sides to be done there. And O'Connell talked about some of his growth as a first-year head coach, you know, communication on the sideline, uh, you know, making sure that you don't blow timeouts. Uh, you know, he, he the good thing about O'Connell is he's a pretty realistic guy. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't mind criticizing himself if he feels like he did something poorly. And you could see him you know, be better at some things in his second year as a head coach. But he still put together a pretty good record. There hadn't been too many first-year rookies that really didn't have any head coaching experience that uh, won that many games. Have there in the past? No. Uh, 13 wins, even in the 17-game season for a rookie head coach, is, is excellent work. And coming off a year where the Vikings looked, you know, not very good. So, uh, so he obviously overall did a very good job. And he helped them win close games. He helped Cousins develop as a leader and a clutch player. There's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, he also hired the wrong defensive coordinator, and now he's trying to fix the things he, did. he might not have done as well as he liked the first time around. He's trying to now he's hired a powerhouse defensive coordinator. He's going to try to tidy up some things that he did on the sideline. Listen, uh, Andy Reid is going to the Hall of Fame. He's won two Super Bowls, and guess what? Andy Reid's terrible clock management. These guys can all improve at something. And, uh, you know, some good news, I would think, that uh, the, the team has got to be pleased about the NFL Players Association releasing their free agency report card, and the Vikings were top of the list. Uh, so, uh, you know, they seem to be a player-friendly uh, organization. 
Yes, and I think that is a big testament to Quezzi and to O'Connell and uh, Andrew Miller and, and the Wills, um, all of them. Uh, this was, you know, let's face it, when Zimmer left, a lot of players were happy and a lot of players felt like he practiced them too hard late in the season. And all of a sudden you have one year of O'Connell and Quezzi and they're getting, they're getting ranked number one. Uh, that's a combination of facilities, you know, treatments, um, medical staff, player comforts, uh, you know, the way they're coached, everything else. I do think that's a good sign, and you know, free and NFL players talk to each other. If you're a free agent, you're not, and you're looking for a tiebreaker between the Vikings and somebody else, that could break the tie in the Vikings' favor. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Uh, any idea what they might do with that first round pick in the draft? What is it, the 23rd pick? Uh, are they going to try to trade that or move up or down or any any uh, idea? Are they giving us any clue? I guess. No, and they might not know themselves. You know, I mean, when you, have that, when you pick there, uh, you know, they didn't, expe- they didn't expect Randy Moss to fall to that level. They didn't expect Percy Harvin to fall to that level. When you're picking in the 20s, we can sit here and talk about needs and projections and plans, but there's also a re- very real chance that a great player, somebody at the top of their board, could fall to that or fall far enough that they could make a minor trade and move up and get them. So I, I think projecting... Of course, we know they want defensive help, but you know what if there's another Justin Jefferson that falls to 23? I mean, you'd have to take him. You, you got to get a you know if you can get a great player picking in your 20s, you don't worry about position. You just take the great player. Yeah, well, that's I guess we've heard that uh, through the years. The best player available, and uh, uh, you know sometimes it's like you say, it's where you're already rich uh, is where those uh, guys fall into place. Well, Jim, it's been great visiting with you. I hope you have a good day and. Uh, Todd will be back tomorrow and uh, resume your uh, uh, visits with him. So thanks so much. Great. Thanks a lot, Bill.